to include Sundays, we are on day 12 of Lent. By this point, your Lenten resolutions are getting challenging, and maybe you're tempted to give up on some of them. Well, I have news for you. There are still 35 days to go until Easter, and it's not gonna get any easier. So buckle down and don't look back. And this is similar to what is happening in the gospel. We are approximately halfway through Jesus's one year of public ministry as recounted in the gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John, on the other hand, has the more perhaps chronologically accurate description of a three-year public ministry. But the one year in the Gospel of Matthew has theological significance because that one year of his public ministry is one journey to Jerusalem. And just prior to this transfiguration scene, Matthew notes in the previous chapter, he says, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly and be killed and on the third day be raised. So Jesus's mission is now explicitly established and there's no turning back. There is one major problem, however, Jesus has established his core followers and formed his inner circle, Peter, James, and John. And Peter has just made his great confession of faith, also in that previous chapter, when he says that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, a turning point in the gospel. But what's missing is that Peter and all the disciples do not understand the cross and they won't understand it fully until the resurrection. So Jesus takes them up a mountain to reveal to them his divinity and give them a foretaste of the resurrection. Naturally, Peter wants to stay there And so he offers to build tents for Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. And this describes all of our lives, that in those moments of consolation, of sweetness, of peace, when we really feel close to God, we want to stay in that place. Why would we want to move on from that? But Jesus tells them, and he tells us, that we can't stay there. We have work to do. And that work necessarily entails carrying our cross all the way to Jerusalem and to die with him. Because there is no glory or resurrection without the cross. Pope Leo the Great in the fifth century very famously captured the essence of the meaning of the transfiguration in one sentence. The great reason for Jesus's transfiguration was to remove the scandal of the cross from the hearts of his disciples. 
to remove the scandal of the cross. In other words, to give us a foretaste of heaven to set right before us the glory that awaits us so that we have the strength to persevere amid the crosses God sends us. The cross is rightly described both by Leo and St. Paul as a scandal because so many Christians turn back and give up when confronted with the cross. But none of us is permitted to live on the mountaintop while on earth. Human existence is a journey of faith and as such moves ahead more in shadows than in full light. Every Christian life, including the most saintly, is no stranger to moments of obscurity and even complete darkness. Heaven is often described theologically as a direct intellectual vision of God, that is, beholding him face to face with directly infused knowledge of him. But while here on earth, our relationship with God takes place more by listening than by seeing, by contemplating God's presence with our eyes closed, as it, as it were, by looking to that interior light kindled within us by the word of God. Like Peter, James, and John, we must be willing to come down the mountain. We all wait in hope for the transfiguration of our own bodies like Christ's at the end of time. But until then, we participate in the transfiguration of our hearts with the help of grace. And so we live by the light of faith. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.